Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. We're going to be talking this morning about being led by the Spirit. Um, I, not last Friday, the Friday before, I was with a group of ministers that I've been meeting with now, oh, well actually for some of them over 30, uh, nearly 30 years, but for uh, uh, a number of them they're new in and have been joining us online and, uh, while COVID was on every week. So just numbers of ministers in the city finding each other through lockdown and praying together and uh, we actually have started meeting once a month in person. And I found myself praying for one of the leaders, and um, I was praying because he was saying, look, I want to, uh, we need to expand more into the city, almost doing a little bit more like we're doing. And so I was praying that God would open doors. And then I just found myself praying, God, give him another leader in another part of the city that he can kind of work with, almost because they're right in the south of the city to kind of propel them into the city and just was praying this and then as I stopped he said Colin I've just got to tell you this I've been working with a minister from the northern part of the city for the last I don't know how long it was he said he just said to me could we partner together to actually almost be like a multi-site church and us teaming together for the city and and you know Numbers of times I've found myself praying and at the end realising that more than just the prayer, there's kind of a word of knowledge, there's a kind of prophetic, and I haven't even realised it. It's almost like if someone said, Colin, could you now have a word of knowledge for somebody, you know, because there's a gift of that, or could you prophesy? I, I just freeze. You know, I just kind of think, oh, I'm not sure. And yet when I'm praying, often, and it's all... Um, I, I looked at a quote from um, Guardiola, the, the Manchester City thing, yesterday. And he said this, because Sterling scored a goal, brilliant goal. And, he, and he, basically, it's like he didn't think. <laughs> and uh, and if you, sometimes you don't think, you, you don't overcomplicate it, <laughs> then you, you, you can score. And I feel sometimes that's a bit like me when I'm hearing God. <laughs> if I overthink, <laughs> overcomplicate it, it's like my brain goes dead. Um, and so, uh, that interestingly, a couple of weeks before that, and I've mentioned this, uh, I think, before, um, when I was at last time, uh, one of my friends had uh, sent me an email, and it says this, Colin, a couple of nights ago, I had a vivid dream in which you featured, so I feel I should share it with you. He then says, I don't often dream about you, but, <laughs> which is good news, probably. Um, it was about working out your vision and ministry in Manchester where you, where, uh, and where you look to for support and relationship and input. In the dream, I saw that there was a major realignment whereby you look less to your New Frontiers relationships and more to the other leaders within the city and that your plan was to work together with these leaders and their churches to reach the city. I woke up surprised by the clarity of the dream and its implications. And basically, over lockdown, God has been 
redirect to me. I'm still part of uh, kind of the international team, uh, international uh, you know, kind of group that run New Frontiers, but effectively not so much now, especially as I'm more to retirement. And I felt God speak to me to do more like I was doing two weeks ago. And I think four church leaders, even this last two weeks, three weeks, have asked to see me because the seniority being around 30 years, um, kind of, they just want someone of reassurance and give them some help. But it's amazing, isn't it, that actually God can speak and confirm things through really different means. He can speak through a prayer that gives revelation to something. He can speak through a dream that uh, basically confirms what God is saying. And you get a dream like that and you think, wow, I'm going to do more. Do you understand? It's like, it's like I'm not confused. <laughs> Where should I put my time? I now know that actually what God has been leading to, I really feel more confident and comfortable that, that God is in it. And the verse we're going to look at, and you know, when uh, I get, I, I didn't work this series out, so, um, I think it was Tom, and I always like a passage because you've got loads of stuff to preach from. Do you know what I mean? I hate it when there's a verse, and he just gives me a verse, okay? And the verse is this. For all, in Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And uh, Hannah preached the two verses before last week, and Josh Fabio is going to preach the two verses afterwards. And so I've got this one verse, okay? But that is the context. Now, just read the context uh, so that we can see. Therefore, Romans 8, 12 said this. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And then next week you're going to hear about so... You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now you can call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are children of God. So basically, last week was looking and putting to death the sins of the flesh. And this week, we're looking at being guided by the Holy Spirit. As one commentator says, uh, it's the gracious, loving guide whose leading is enjoyed by all whom call themselves children of God. So that's what we're going to look at um, this morning. And God speaks to us, as it says in that verse, through relationship. That actually we are his children. Uh, We're not his servants. It's not like there's commands that you just go and do. And, uh, but we are children. There's a relationship. There's a two-way communication. There's something very different to responding as a child of God and a servant of God. Now, there are aspects where we do serve, okay? So I don't want to overplay that. But that's what the text is, that we are led by the Spirit. We are children, heirs, co-heirs for Jesus, of Almighty God. Jesus put it this way in John Chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus is the good shepherd, it says here. And the good shepherd says that his sheep, that's us, hear his voice. 
And uh, that's one of the amazing things about being children of God. That the God Almighty who spoke a word and created everything. So his speaking is amazingly powerful. I mean, he created everything by his word. The same God who can do that talks to us, gives a dream, gives some insight through a prayer. Isn't it amazing? That powerful, almighty word. You get kind of both aspects of God, or both aspects, two aspects. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm constricting God to my imagination there. All aspects of, uh, you get two of the all aspects of God, of God being, his word being creator and powerful and all-consuming and soft voice, intimate voice to a brother, a sister, children of God. So we're going to look at different ways that we hear God. Now, obviously, I've got 25 minutes. That's not going to be everyone. I'm just going to point out five. Some of you in your community groups are going through a Mike Pilavachi book, which basically opens up a lot more of this. And even in his book, it won't open up everything. Do you understand? So I'm just kind of touching the surface of this verse being led by the Spirit. And I just hope it wets that appetite. I also hope, a bit like I mentioned in that prayer that I pray for, it will help you understand that actually God speaks in very different ways. Okay? And that we need to discern the voice of God in very many different ways. So, just first of all, I want to speak to uh, uh, the fact that God speaks through the Bible. It's really important that we kind of root it in the Bible anyway, but also understand that God speaks through the Bible. It's just, it is not just a kind of textbook, do you understand, that actually just keeps us safe and uh, keeps us right. But it's also a living word. It's uh, uh, Timothy uh, heard from Paul in, in his letter. All scriptures inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired by God and useful. So there's a, there's a living word to this as well. And uh, it's interesting that you see in the scripture different as times when the uh, people of God use scripture to help guide them. I mean, one classic is in Acts 1 and kind of the beginning of Acts, they are wrestling with the fact that Judas, one of their number, had betrayed Jesus and then had gone out and died, and uh, there were 12 apostles, now they were 11, and they were getting over the shock of that, they were trying to figure out, what does this mean, and what do we do next, and uh, it says this, Peter said in Acts one twenty, it is written in the book of Psalms, where it says, let his home become desolate, and basically that's talking about Jesus, <laughs> let his home become desolate, and that's exactly what it it was, with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. And so what was happening here, as they were wrestling with what is the future, how do we go? Do we go with 11? <laughs> do we have 12? 
Peter took the scripture and they said, actually the scripture talks about this. It talks about this very situation and says, come on, choose another person. So exactly, that's exactly what they did. Um, Interesting in, uh, in the next chapter when the Holy Spirit's poured out and people are saying, what is this? Thousands crowded in because they heard people speaking in, uh, in languages they understood. They looked like they were drunk. It was chaos. And so Peter got up to give an explanation and his explanation was straight from Scripture. And uh, basically he's saying, you know, it's, um, it's from the prophet Joel, long predicted ago, and then opened up. That scripture. Can you see? So the scripture there is being used by the people of God so that they can understand what is happening and uh, actually can lead them forward because by being confirmed that actually this outpouring of the Spirit, even this mayhem, even looked like a drunken party actually, that, but it was nine in the morning, so it was, uh, as, as Peter explained, uh, not, that was they could actually earth it in Scripture and be guided by Scripture so that actually they were confident that God was at a move. And even if it looked a bit funny, <laughs> and even if it looked a bit chaos, God was um, there. And I just want to encourage us I've, uh, that uh, God need, speaks through Scripture. I, just two or three, just very quick observations. I notice sometimes in, uh, when I'm talking to leaders and observing leaders of churches, and that's often been my day job over years uh, with the movement, you see some leaders going to a conference and coming back with a, an idea, let's structure our church like this, and let's re-engineer the whole thing. And then you, you think, have you actually looked at how does scripture give some guidelines about how churches are structured and it might be working in so one's church but it's do you understand what I'm trying to say sometimes you just need to root it back what does God say I think sometimes when we're looking at jobs and careers and stuff sometimes not going back to scripture and thinking okay the scripture talks about family life it talks about rest work and play does it fit are you hearing what I'm trying to say sometimes we're letting the scripture speak into our decision making and sometimes we're asking God, tell me what? And really, we just need to be thinking, does it line up? It's like people who volunteer, and you sometimes see they're giving themselves so much to volunteering, they're killing themselves, they're killing their family. And actually, that sometimes, please, it's only sometimes, they're doing it to cover up anxiety, to cover up feeling rejected. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? And suddenly you think, no, get back to Scripture. What does that say about who you are in Christ? You don't need to volunteer 10 hours a day for seven days a week to make you feel like you're the right person. So something very holistic by letting God speak to you and lead you through the scripture. Second, need to quickly rattle through. God speaks to us actually through experience. In um, CCM Fallowfield in the evening, they're actually going through the book of Haggai. And uh, it's interesting how Haggai uses the people's experience to help give them guidance. It says, it says this in verse 6 of chapter 1. You have planted much, this is Haggai prophesying, but harvested little. You eat, but you are not satisfied. 
You drink, but you are not, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as, a, as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. Okay, that was what it was. It was basically saying, Look, you understand this. You have, you have put in hours into farming and into building stuff. And actually, I still don't have enough food. Why? And he's saying the, there's, a, there's a reason. And the reason is you're not giving yourself primarily to what God has brought you back here for, which is to build the temple of God, to build the dwelling place of Almighty God in the midst of your people. So he said, now go and start building. Basically saying, the reason you're in this situation is because you're not doing the things that God has said. And he's using their experience, can you see that? As a kind of trigger into that and an illustration into that. It's interesting, a few years ago, um, Mary and myself thought, okay, it wouldn't have been nice just to move out of Manchester and like to Glossop or Marple and like a nice country house, got a new retriever dog, you know, just commute back into Manchester. Idyllic, isn't it? And um, when I think about it, um, why didn't we? Um, but, um, and, and you know, for, I think it was a couple of years we could not sell our house. Every house on our road seemed to sell quickly. The stages, as I, I don't know, we haven't sold it. There was really nothing wrong to sell it, but it just wouldn't go. And eventually Mary said to me, I think we're going the wrong way. I think we need to go more into kind of Levenshoon, just into the city, not out of the city, into the epicentre of what God is doing. So, so we made that decision. Within one month, we were in South Africa. I got a phone call from the state agent. She said, I've got a cash buyer on your house. You're going to have to move really quickly. Amazing. And you, you can see that analysing experience, do you understand this, actually helped see that our guidance, our thinking wasn't right. Now, sometimes you think, well, does all experience speak like that to you? Well, I'll tell you another story about a house. It was our very first house we built. And that house we had, I think, for three years. And then God talked to us about moving to another part of the country to plant another church. I explained this to our friends in the church. who were best man to three of them. So they're really close friends, these guys. And they, they didn't want us to go. They were quite upset, some of them. And then what happened was an engineer came around to just value the house and do some stuff and noticed that the back of the house was falling. That actually, there was a gap like that between the foundations and, the, and that it was springing off the houses. It was a terraced house. So effectively, the, the two terraced houses either side were holding it up. And, uh, and uh, just there was no foundations underneath and it was just sand. And some of my friends came to us and said... What is God saying? And really what they meant was, surely God's saying you've got to stay because we couldn't sell the house in that state, you know? And I, I, I knew we were doing the right thing. I said, no, God's saying this. Don't buy a house built on a sandpit. <laughs> Can you see that experience is good, but you've got to weigh it? Do you understand that actually you can read sometimes what you want to read into it? But don't, I don't want to minimise the fact that God speaks. Do you understand? So God speaks, but we have to be discerning 
of how God is, is, is speaking. Okay. Third, God speaks through dreams and visions. I started my uh, talk this morning about a dream that um, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for years and has moved to the south of England, so I had no clue about what actually I was about. Uh, in fact, just his opening thing was trying to make contact with me again because it had been such a long time. But God speaks through dreams and visions. In, in Genesis 15, when uh, uh, Abraham was in the, uh, in, in the land of promise that God had told him to go to, it says this, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. I think it's about the first vision that is uh, there in the, in, in the scripture. And basically, Abram, I think, very worried and concerned, is in a foreign land, in a tent. And God's speaking to him in a vision. One of the most significant dreams happened to Joseph who was going to marry Mary and Mary had told him I am pregnant and basically he knew it wasn't his and so he basically and he was a a man that didn't want to totally embarrass Mary but obviously he wanted to do the right thing and the right thing was to divorce her the right thing was that is not my child, so this is not going to go ahead. And he said this, as he was considering this, Matthew 1.20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. What an amazing guidance. I wonder if Joseph even was praying. I thought, you know, he basically was taking a course of action. And God came in a dream. Dreams are really, really powerful and really important. And uh, Cornelius was praying to God. He was a God-fearer. He was a Roman and basically wanted someone to come and talk to him about the Messiah. And Peter was the person, but Peter wouldn't go because he was a Gentile. And then he had a vision, a dream, of these unclean animals coming down. And God said, go, go, because they are okay. The course of the evangelization and the church planting into us <laughs> here in Ladybarn pivoted a bit on that dream. Now, God is sovereign and God is great, okay? <laughs> so God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But for Peter to be part of that, He needed to see this vision, this dream, as important. You know, in our Western world, we tend to be rationalistic. We tend to dismiss those sort of things. But you know, in other parts of the world, (laughs) 
they are very real and, uh, um, and important. We were in Estonia um, about, I don't know, five years ago um, and uh, doing a mission. Estonia is one of the, took some CCM people there, is one of the most atheistic countries in Europe. And so just very hard for each gospel. We were in a restaurant one night, team of us, and we're just laughing. It was just a great time. And, and, and one of the um, waitresses just wanted to know where we're from and why we're enjoying ourselves. You know what I mean? We're probably the noisiest people in the, in the place. And, um, and then, so just explain what we were doing. And then she said to the one of the events, she t- said, look, I had a dream about my future and it has scared me. Could you talk to me about it? Spent the rest of the evening explaining that. She was so intrigued, she became our waitress for the next two, couple of nights because she wanted to talk. Here in an atheistic country, God opening the mind of someone through a dream. My friend, David Devonish, who goes in and out of the 1040 window, the majority world, I've been there sometimes myself, and he was telling me of a lady who he met a few times who basically uh, was Muslim, suffering from epilepsy, and in the middle of the night, um, uh, uh, Jesus appeared to her in a dream and said, hold out your hands, I'm going to heal you. So after that, epilepsy is gone. She went to two doctors, just both of them saying, can't see any signs of it. She then said, I need to contact a church. So she found a a, a church, wouldn't go, just would do it online because she just didn't want to be seen there. Eventually got the courage to go to an Alpha course, got saved. Now it's part of one of our churches um, in that country. And Dave said the last time he went and visited her, she's on the welcome team, she's there doing the hospitality. Started, and I've heard, you hear numbers of stories like, you know what? I'm thinking that I've got some hard people on my road to meet, reach. God, and I do this now, would you give them dreams? Would you give them visions? One of my neighbours is, um, uh, now I've become my dentist. <laughs> she, she asked me what I did. And I said, oh, it's the samba. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and so they're intrigued because they really like us. We've got good friends with them, mum and dad. And uh, so suddenly you can talk, and I'm thinking, God, give some of these people dreams. Open the conversation in a way that I can't. This is our God. So when we're talking about God leading us, this is exciting. It's exciting personally, and it's exciting for the gospel. So I'm just about run out of time. So a couple more. God speaks through audible voice, which has, I don't think has happened to me. But Jesus had it. This is my dear son in whom I'm well. Please, seems like a lot of people heard it. <laughs> Voice from an open uh, heaven. Samuel, some of us know the story, little Samuel, there in the temple, in the Old Testament, basically hears a voice. He has no idea that God speaks like audibly. So he goes to Eli, the priest. What are you saying to me? Of course, it was... God, can't, not time to unpack it, but God speaks 
to sometimes in an audible voice. I have talked to people, I've talked to someone the other day, and they, they said, yeah, that has happened to me, I can tell you, and it actually has shaped their ministry to this very day. And then, finally, God speaks through an inner voice. And this is probably the most normal for most of us, that somehow impressions, things that come out of mind, a bit like I was praying for that pastor a couple of weeks ago. It's like an inner voice. Did I, think, did I hear it as a voice? No, it was just in my head. <laughs> came out as a prayer. But as I realised, it's actually God putting it in my mind that actually kind of you only realise it's that when you get the feedback. Do you understand? And that's happened tons and tons of time. And uh, interestingly, through lockdown, I was walking around uh, Kringle Park and uh, I'd had a prophetic word that we should, uh, about that what we were doing, starting new sites, planning churches. God was in it. And I was just mulling over this word. And uh, about 30 years ago, when I first came here and started doing this, someone asked me, how many do you want to do? And I remember saying to them, 20. And then, uh, so that kind of stuck in my head a bit. And as I was mulling over this, I thought, I'm 65 years old. That was obviously um, last summer. And if I've, I've started 14... If we start six, I'll have got me 20. We need to do six pretty quick. Just, you never know when you pop your clogs, don't you? So you kind of, you know, hopefully I'll be 90, but you never know, do you? So that was all in my head, okay? So I thought, let's start six. Now, this all was very rational. Do you know how it's I just found myself praying about it. And as I was praying, I got more and more kind of faith rising in me. Let's start six simultaneously, you know, in, within a short period of time. I remember then going to some of our elders and leaders and saying, I think this is what we should do. I'm not joking. It was like blank. You know, Colin, what planet are you on? Because basically we had just stopped one of the sites because of COVID in the city centre. So we were just figuring that out. We're in lockdown <laughs> We're not, you know, everybody's kind of what's going to happen next. And, you know, I come with a bright idea. Six new sites, you know. And for me, I was excited. I, I felt God was speaking to me. And then I just got this kind of blank look. Have you ever had that? You know, just kind of, oh. So that, that was actually quite a, a bit of a challenge. But I thought, okay, if God's spoken, I'm just going to let it ride. So, but six months later... I could see faith arising in different people. Tim Simmons said to me, if we're going to do it, let's raise 72,000 and let's get it in two hits. Let's get it 230, kind of 6,000. So we had an offering, 35,000 something. Suddenly confidence arose. <laughs> and then now we've just started Reddish two weeks ago. Second week here. We've got some Spanish stuff going on. We've got some Hindi stuff going on. In the inner voice, I'm trying to be practical in a very short period of time to say, somehow that inner voice comes, you're not quite sure about it, do you understand? And you just have to process it. Sometimes you just have to give it (laughs) and see what it's like. And then you can start learning. I'd been learning more and more. That's That's why I didn't get upset when I got a little bit of pushback. I just thought, okay, if God's speaking... 
I'm going to pray this through. <laughs> I'm going to believe. If, God, if you're speaking, God, you're going to convince people. You know? I'm going to stay. I'm not going to give in, but I'm also not going to be pushy. Do you understand? I'm just, I'm going to stand a bit confidently on this in prayer. I could, I mean, to be honest, you can see in 30 minutes, you can't do much. <laughs> have I just opened your eyes to the fact that we have a speaking God? That's the joy of the people of God, that we worship and follow a God whose word is powerful and sweet and quiet and creative, directive, brilliant. That's what makes us stand apart from every other religion in the world. That we don't worship an idol or a historic figure, but we worship the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the one who started and finished, the one who presented himself amongst us in Jesus Christ to speak and live as he wanted us to live, who now sends his Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, I've got to go, so the Spirit comes to you, so that he can guide you into all righteousness. Have I encouraged you?